0: Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Good morning. Are you ready for the word this morning? All right. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're starting in week two of our series called the awakening last week. I believe there was a wake-up call here. The Holy Spirit moved mightily here, and He's going to continue to do that because we're yielded to Him. And where He leads, we will follow. Can we all say that? Where He leads, leads. we will follow. follow. Not, we'll watch Pastor Eric follow. We'll watch the staff follow. I'll watch a few others. No, we will follow. We're in this thing together, right? We're all together. and We all want to go where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And uh, today, I want to help open your eyes. That's why it's called the Awakening. <laughs> open your eyes to a truth that will, I believe, it will revolutionize your way of thinking and the way you approach your life, the way you approach your place in this world. And it has to do with your position. And in the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 34, it says, "Awake to righteousness." Everybody say that. "Awake to righteousness." And do not sin. Go ahead and say that part too. "And do not sin." For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So there is an encouragement here, and there's also a rebuke. All right? And he's encouraging us to awaken to this righteousness, because when you are awake, then the world becomes aware. That is, when you're awake to what God, who God has said you are, and what he's done, then all of a sudden, the knowledge of God becomes known to those around you. See, it's, this is so important for your life because it's important for their lives. And you are now bought with a price. You are not your own. You belong to Him, right? Thank God. So you're not living for just yourself anymore. So you have to understand this truth so that you can live in the reality of this truth and so that the world can in turn know who God is. See, they're waiting for you to show them. The Bible says, as I said last week in Romans chapter 8, that the earth is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. It's looking for those who will take their rightful place as God has called them to, do, to, to, to be and then to do what God's called them to do. And so today, this, this very important truth we must get is to awake. Now, the word awake here is the word eknifo, and it means to return to oneself from drunkenness, to become sober, to return to soberness of mind. The NIV, I can't believe I'm quoting this with Pastor John here, but (laughs) don't really care much about this version of the Bible, and I'll let Dr. Holler tell you all the reasons for that sometime, but I like the way it reads this. It says, come back to your senses as you ought, and stop sinning. For there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Now, Paul is not preaching shame to us. He's dealing with our sleepiness in shame. And he's saying you got to come out of that shame. you got to awaken to righteousness. In righteousness, there is no shame. Now, Jason O'Rourke, you're here today. I was having breakfast with him a few days ago. And uh, he was telling me this story about how he went fishing down in Galveston. And he was out in the water, and man, he caught something big. And so he started fighting. And I mean, he fought and fought, and he reeled and reeled, and he just could not seem to make any progress. The fish never surfaced. I mean, he's fighting. Thirty minutes goes by. And finally, his friend says, well, let's, uh, let's figure out something else to do here. And so, was it two anchors you had on the boat and you released one? You just had one. But somehow, he starts pulling on this line and the boat starts moving around. And his friend says, Jason, I think you're caught on the anchor. And he says, No, I've been fighting this thing for half an hour. I want this thing to come up. And he's, I think you. So they raised the anchor, and sure enough, he was hooked on the anchor. Now, listen, you, when you think that sinlessness means that you can be righteous, then you are working against truth. You are working against this foundational, stabilizing truth for your life righteousness first, sinlessness is the result of righteousness. Righteousness is not the result of you living right. Righteousness, hallelujah, is the state of who you are. And when you awaken to who you really are, that's really what the Scripture is saying. Wake up to your true self. Wake up to who you really are and don't sin. When you understand that, sin is not a problem in your life. You're not fighting the anchor. You're not fighting the truth if you understand that you're righteous first. Because it's not by works which we have done. It's by His mercy He saved us. Your righteousness came through Him. Couldn't earn it. Couldn't work for it. Thank God. He did all the work for you. And now today you stand right with God. That's what righteousness means. Right with God. Now, so you cannot, you might write a couple of these things down, you cannot stop sinning without the understanding that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Won't happen. How many of you want to stop sinning? Three people, all right. The rest of you are really enjoying that, are you? Okay. <laughs> Man, I was hoping for... Like, I know your thing. Is that a trick question? That's not a trick question. I'm just asking you. All right. So, so now listen. The problem is so many people approach things that are wrong in their lives from this, from an emotional and feeling standpoint. Now you gotta hear this. They want to feel right. They want everything to just feel right. And if they don't feel right, then they follow, then they follow those feelings, and then they never realize faith, and they never realize truth for their lives. They just float around by the whims of life. The devil, let me say this, is going to out-emotion you and out-feeling you every time. And you're, we're no match for him in the intellectual realm. No. Just not. He's been around too long. He knows too much. Who are you? You just got here. Right? But here's the deal what he cannot handle and what he is powerless to do anything about is the person who lives in revelation knowledge of the Word of God. See, this is what God has given us through Jesus Christ. Praise God. He revealed himself in his Son. And believers, therefore, have got to stop identifying with this mentality I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And if you read the Bible, there can be nothing further from the truth than that statement right there. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm just a forgiven sinner. We have to, That has to stop. Because if it doesn't stop, then the sin won't stop. Amen. Amen. You cannot be a forgiven sinner and saved by grace at the same time. Being a forgiven sinner is one thing. Being saved by grace is something totally different. Now, if you're just a forgiven sinner, then you are still a child of the devil. Well, let's look at some scripture. I know you're thinking, what the heck are you talking about? Let's go go over to, um, where are we going, guys? Romans chapter 7. We'll go to 2 Corinthians in just a moment. Romans 7 before we get to 2 Corinthians 5. Now listen to what Paul says. Here's why we got to get this lingo out of our lives. I think most of you already have that, but it's important to know why we don't say that. All right? Paul says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Okay? Here's a truth for you right here, right? This flesh has nothing good. There's nothing good about it. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. That is, in the flesh. I don't find what's good or how to do the right thing by the power of this flesh. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I do. I think Paul just walked right into a lot of our living rooms right here. Right? What I want to do, I don't do. What I don't want to do, that's what I do. Now, if I do what I don't want to do, listen to this, it's no longer I who do it, but what? Sin that dwells in me. Man, that sounds like Paul just uh, threw off all the responsibility. I, I didn't do this. Sin did that. I wish I'd have known that truth when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't me, Mom. It was the sin. <laughs> Can't blame me for that. It was the sin. And like she just said, then she beat that out of me. But sin that dwells in me. Paul's teaching us something right here. Listen, he makes a clear distinction between himself and sin. He does not identify his true self with sin. Now, verse 21, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Welcome to planet earth. Well, I don't want that. I just want to have victory every day. I don't want to have this struggle. with I'm going to pray for you to just go on to heaven. Because while you're on this earth, Evil is going to be present with you. As long as you live in this flesh, there will be evil. All right? But this flesh is not going to figure out how to do good. This flesh is not where you're going to find that victory. Mm -mm. I find in a law, evil is present with the one who wants to do good. I will to do it, for I delight in the law of God or in the word of God according to the inward man. Woo! This is where the victory is found. This is where we can learn to do right. According to, everybody say, the inward man. So then your real identity is found in the inward man. The real you wants to do good. Can I get a good amen? Amen. The real you loves the Word of God. Right? Verse 23, but I see another law in my members, that's the flesh, warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Where's sin? In the members. in the members. What are the members? Let's take out the middle and say, sin is in the flesh. All right? Sin is found in the flesh. Now go to 2 Corinthians 5. I want you to see, you see why you don't identify with being a sinner saved by grace. All right? You and sin are two different things. All right. Second Corinthians 5 and verse 14, where is sin found? In the flesh? 514, for the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. What a powerful statement that is. If one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves or for this flesh, but for him, according to the inward man, who died for them and rose again. He said it another way in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 I have been crucified with Christ. I am not being crucified. I was crucified. When he died, I died. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live, where? In the flesh. I live by faith. Not according to the flesh. I live by faith. Hallelujah. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. I don't put my faith in my flesh and my ability. I put my faith in His power in me. My faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Now, verse 16 of 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Why in the world are people regarding themselves, their salvation experience, according to the flesh when Paul says we regard no one according to the flesh? We do not look at one another this way. The flesh is against the things of God. That's why we don't call ourselves sinners saved by grace. Just take off sinners. There's the truth. Saved by grace. Now, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a sinner saved by grace. Right? Right? Is that what it says? No, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, when you say this, I'm a sinner saved by grace, that's like saying if you were a car, I'm just an old rusty car with a brand new paint job. Right? And grace is so much more than a new paint job. The blood of Jesus didn't just come and cover up all the ugly. The blood of Jesus washed away all of our sins. It obliterated the power of darkness over your life. Hallelujah. He nailed it to the cross. The sin and the law, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So Jesus didn't just come and better our lives. He didn't come to just help us self-improve. He didn't come to make bad people do better. Jesus came and made dead people live. You were one thing, but that one thing is gone. You are now something brand new. You've been created all over again. Now, look, turn to Jeremiah chapter 18 for a moment. I hope this is helping you today. Got to understand. And here's the lie. Here's the lie about I'm a sinner saved by grace. The lie is that that's humility. No, it's false doctrine, not humility. It's false teaching. It's a lie. It goes against the Scripture. All right? Humility humility is humbling yourself under God's opinion. And God says you're saved by grace through faith. God says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. The humble man says that. The false humility says, oh, no, no, no. I'm so much less than that, God. Otherwise known as arrogance. Man could think that he could better God's theology. (laughs) He He could better God's phraseology. Jeremiah 18, verse 3 says, Then I went down to the potter's house. You're thinking T.D. Jakes. Did you hear her? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then I went down to the potter's house. And there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made... Of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another. He made it again another, as it seemed good to the potter to make. He made it again another. How in the world is that possible? I can understand if he threw that one out and started all over. That makes sense to me. How in the world does he make it again? I can understand it maybe even if he made it again. But to make it again another, only a master can do that. Donna was telling me that she used to take pottery, and amateurs, whenever they they begin to work the clay up, if they get it to a certain place and it collapses on them, the amateur has to start all over They're not skilled to be able to fix that. Only the master can make it again, another. How does he do this? See, you had to be born all over again. That's what the scripture says. You must be born again. That is to be made it again, another. You were a sinner. You were marred, flawed and broken, but when you placed your life in the Master's hand, thank God, He made you again another. He did not make you the same way again. He did not toss you out and start you all over again. He made you a sinner again another, the righteousness of God in Christ. You who are created became a new creation. Verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5, let's go back there. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Oh, this is so good. That is that God was in Christ. Everybody say was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, not crediting them with their sin, and has committed to us, what? The word. the word of reconciliation. Reconciliation comes through words. He's given us the word of reconciliation. I've got so much good stuff to get into, and there's no way I'm going to be able to get to it today. Will you be here next week, too? Will we you show up next yeah because we're going to get into the beginning with God and Adam. There are some tremendous things here that we're going to learn. See, God forgave the world. He did. All of his wrath was satisfied in his broken son's body. All of it. He took out all his wrath on him, which was aimed at you, but Jesus took it all. He pronounced the judgment, and then he took the judgment on himself. So, he's not mad. He's not angry. It's impossible for him to be that way. It's impossible. So then, he forgave us. And it's one thing for God to forgive the world, but ladies and gentlemen, it's another thing for a man to know that he's been forgiven. He cannot know this if he hasn't been told. He has no chance to be a new creation if the Creator's words never fall on his ears, the earth never would have been known. It never would have been here. The sun, the moon, and the stars, the trees, the grass, the herb, and the fields, the land separated from that. it, never would have been known if the Creator hadn't spoken words. Creation never would have taken place. But God said, Let there be light, and there was light. He also said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. So as it took God words to create the world, so it takes words to create a new man. And that is Romans 1 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. When those words fell on our ears, Christ died for your sins He was buried and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him will have everlasting life. I don't know about you, but that was the sweetest message I had ever heard in my life. And today it's still the greatest message. Those words, when those words came into my life, my heart leapt in faith. And at that moment, a whole new thing happened. A miracle took place. I became a new creation. That which was... Without form and void. That place where darkness is on the face of the deep. The heart of the sinner, a seemingly hopeless situation, dead in sin, and yet there is a dawning that happens when the light of the glorious gospel is seen by that heart, by faith. And at that moment, the darkness. At that moment, death runs in fright. An everlasting life comes, blowing in, new creation. My God, what a miracle. Verse 20, 2 Corinthians 5, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. The gospel is, God is in his gospel. He's pleading through you. When you you pronounce the good news, God is in it. It's like he's saying it. He's pleading through you. Be reconciled to God. You're not your own. You've been bought. You've been bought. You've been paid for. Return to the Maker. You have no right to your life. You belong to Him. Be reconciled to God for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. We were one thing, a forgiven sinner, but today we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Old things are gone and new things have come. You are Then, what Paul teaches us, that your identity is found in your spirit then. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. soul. And I live in this body. body. However, I am am awake awake. to the spirit man. Therefore, Therefore, my mind mind. and my my body are submitted to the spirit man. Hallelujah. Wake up to yourself. Wake up to yourself. Wake up and live. Live the God kind of life. Live the life that God came to give you through His Son, Jesus Christ. When Jesus pronounced, the thief has one plan, but I have another. He has one plan to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have a plan to give you life, and that more abundantly. We received that today. Let's bow our heads for a moment. This, every head bowed and every eye closed in this building. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.